Chapter Fifteen, Part Two of Angels of the Battlefield. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Angels of the Battlefield by George Barton. Satterley Hospital, Part Two. The following notes from the diaries of the sisters are of interest from our taking charge of the hospital june the ninth eighteen sixty two until we left it on august third eighteen sixty five ninety-one sisters had been on duty there the war being over in april eighteen sixty five the government only desired our services after that until the convalescents could obtain their discharge the physicians however requested us to remain until all the sick were removed to the soldiers home or returned to their own homes i am happy to be able to state that during our whole sojourn at satterley hospital there was never an unpleasant word between the physicians or officers and the sisters the eve of our departure the executive officer said to me sister allow me to ask you a question has there ever been any misunderstanding or dissatisfaction between the officers and the sisters since you came to this hospital i answered not at all well he said i will tell you why i asked the other evening we were at a party the conversation turned on the sisters in the hospitals and i said that there had never been a falling out between us at satterley that we were all on the same good terms as on the first day we met some of the city hospital doctors said they did not believe that forty women could live together without disputing much less that they could be among such a number of men without it among the soldiers who were of many nations there was a large number of indians in ward twenty there was a young indian named james wise who was far gone in consumption the doctors thought he could not live very many days a sister sent for charles corbin another indian who was in ward u to speak to him of his condition charlie was a well-instructed catholic and understood the french language through which he communicated to sister the dispositions of the poor sufferer who did not know that he had a soul or that there was a god in fact to use charlie's own words he was a perfect savage he would not listen to anything charlie had to say either in regard to the existence of a god or the immortality of the soul on leaving him for the night charlie told sister what little hope there was of his conversion but how mysterious are the ways of god on his return next morning he found him with very different dispositions the poor sick one had had a dream which he relates as follows he had thought he saw our lord coming toward him with a priest ready to baptize him thinking he was an infant and heaven was open to receive him this he described to charlie as minutely as if he had seen the priest in reality at the same time requesting him to bring him to the chapel to be baptized the next time father mcgrain came to say mass charlie brought his poor little savage as he still called him although he was almost too weak to walk to the chapel here there followed a scene which i must describe three interpretations were needed in order to perform the ceremonies of administering the sacrament of baptism first charlie who understood the indian language interpreted it to the sister in french then sister translated the french into english for father mcgrain who thus learned the desire of the little savage the third in the circle he lingered for two weeks after his baptism and was interred in cathedral cemetery 
since his death charlie has often expressed the wish to be one day as happy as he believes him to be may he rest in peace september twenty seven quite an excitement was created around two o'clock on the twenty seventh of september caused by the visits of general seigel and hammond the former lost a leg in one of the late battles of gettysburg and has been since that time under the care of the sisters in washington he is now able to go about on crutches dr hayes with the principal surgeons accompanied them in walking the circuit of the hospital the patients who were all eager to see once more their good old generals who had stood by them so valiantly in the terrible engagement came out of the wards as best they could many of them also on crutches and crowded in the corridors to cheer and welcome them as they passed along one poor young lad who was very sick whose sister thought would feel the privation of not being able to see them replied to her words of consolation do not feel sorry on my account i would any time rather see a sister than a general for it was a sister who came to see me when i was unable to help myself in an old barn near gettysburg she dressed my wounds and gave me drink and took care of me until i came here the poor boy is a protestant and never saw a sister before that time thanksgiving day quite an interesting little party assembled in the laundry yesterday evening the poor laundresses have been so very generous for some time past that sister n consented to let them have a little party as soon as sister gonzaga would return from st joseph's where she had been for the last two weeks they came quite early yesterday morning and hastened to finish all their work by noon then washed and dressed in all their finery which they had brought with them for the occasion sister Anne arranged the tables which were covered with snow-white cloths upon which were placed cakes preserves apples candies etc in the centre and at each end of the table were placed handsome bunches of flowers the pitchers looked like silver and the knives and forks looked as if they had never been used the tea-set was white in fact everything looked nice and our poor washerwomen were delighted at four o'clock sister n informed them that everything was in readiness and sent for sister gonzaga who opened the afternoon with a few remarks the doctor whose duty it is to prescribe for them was present two of the patients who have violins had been previously requested to come and play for them and they with the exception of two or three small boys were the only men present they danced until nearly seven o'clock the old women gave us irish jigs and reels to perfection while the younger ones danced cotillions there was not a loud or unbecoming word spoken during the whole evening and they acted as nicely as might be expected from a better class they all seemed well pleased and expressed their thanks to the sisters for honouring them with their presence sister gonzaga said grace for them before taking their places at supper and afterwards made a few pleasant remarks to which they listened with the greatest respect the doctors then took their leave after having expressed their thanks to the sisters for having allowed them the favour of being present which they considered a great compliment after supper one of the girls in the name of all presented sister gonzaga with a large cake nicely frosted she was obliged to accept it else she would have wounded their feelings they then bade us good-night at a quarter to eight and returned to their humble homes well pleased with their evening's entertainment i must not omit to tell you that they defrayed the expenses of all the refreshments themselves each one contributed a little beforehand 
for of course they knew that they could not have had it in any other way the hospital was one of the largest in the country and everything was arranged on a generous scale it was not the cause of any wonder therefore when the wounded were brought in by the carloads sister gonzaga always recalled two events in the history of the institution with particular distinctness the first was after the battle of bull run and the second the day following the battle of gettysburg after the battle of bull run the soldiers were brought to the hospital by the hundreds the time of the battle of gettysburg there was a terrible period of suspense for the people of philadelphia they only knew in a general sort of way that a battle was taking place perhaps somewhere in the neighborhood of the state capital but they had no information regarding the result or who was the victor or vanquished the earliest information came with the first consignment of wounded soldiers to the satterley hospital the sick and wounded from the blood-stained field of gettysburg did not come by the dozens or by the carload or by the hundred but by the thousands one careful estimate puts the number at four thousand such an emergency as this naturally tested the capacity of the women in charge but sister gonzaga came through the ordeal with flying colors the surgeon-in-chief of the hospital was dr isaac hayes who achieved much fame by his connection with the celebrated kane arctic exploring expedition and who afterwards headed an expedition of his own the wards of the hospital were very commodious and comfortable each one accommodating at least seventy-five beds dr hayes was as a kind father to the sisters consulting them upon everything that would contribute to their comfort and happiness through the kind offices of dr hayes and dr attley they secured a chaplain father crane who said mass for them once a week in the early part of the war many of the wounded soldiers were taken to st joseph's hospital where sister hillary was in charge the hospital was then located in a dwelling-house on gerard avenue between sixteenth and seventeenth street after the battle of bull run about sixty soldiers were cared for at st joseph's hospital at the same time st teresa's church of which the venerable hugh lane is pastor was temporarily used as a hospital for wounded soldiers the sisters from emmitsburg as detailed in the previous chapter did much good service after the fight at gettysburg going directly from their mother house in maryland to the scene of the battle there is an old and very rare print of the satterley hospital still in existence from this valuable documentary evidence it is clear that the hospital occupied many acres of ground in order to reach the building it was necessary to cross a bridge in the vicinity of south street in crossing this at the time the hospital was opened the carriage containing a number of sisters broke down and they were compelled to walk the remainder of the distance during all the time of the war sister gonzaga remained in charge of st joseph's asylum which she visited at regular intervals at the close of the war she returned to give her whole time to the asylum the other sisters returning to their various missions sister gonzaga has had frequent visits from grateful soldiers who were nursed back to life through her christian devotion one who heard of her serious illness a few years ago called and then as the outpouring of a grateful heart sent the following letter to the philadelphia evening star as a soldier's tribute to the noble work of mother gonzaga during the war 
in your valuable paper dated yesterday the announcement was made that mother gonzaga in charge of st joseph's orphan asylum southwest corner of seventh and spruce streets was lying dangerously ill in reciting her many acts of charity for the young orphans under her care and protection victims of epidemics etc during the many years of her life you were not aware that the short notice touched a tender cord of affection in the breast of many a veteran of the late war mother gonzaga was a mother of sixty thousand soldiers as patients under treatment in satterley united states army hospital forty-fourth and pine streets from eighteen sixty two until eighteen sixty five those who were under her care no matter of what religion or creed when they received the midnight visits of mother gonzaga her silent steps after taps and by the dim gaslight will recognize her familiar countenance surrounded by that white-winged hood or cowl just bending her form to hear the faint breath or whisper of some fever patient or some restless one throwing off the bedclothes she kindly tucking them in around his body as a mother would a child then a visit to the dying to give them expressions of comfort those who recall these scenes i say think of her truly as an angel of peace and sweetness administering medicine when required loosening a bandage or replacing the same watching a case of a sufferer in delirium at all times annoying to those near him was her daily duty to see her always calm always ready with modesty and fidelity faithfully performing a christian duty as an administering angel when physicians surgeons friends and all human aid had failed was a beautiful sight no poet could describe no artist could faithfully portray on canvas the scenes at the deathbed of a soldier that would convey to those not having witnessed them the solemnity of the quiet kneeling the silent prayer a murmur faintly heard as a whisper a sister of charity paying her devotion to him on high and consigning the spirit of the dying soldier to his care as one of many thousands under her care i shall always think of mother gonzaga as one of a constellation of stars of the greatest magnitude surrounded by many others that were devoted servants among whom i would mention dorothea dix annie m ross hetty a jones and mary brady we soldiers cannot forget the service they rendered. J. E. McLean End of chapter 15, part 2